Hey, it's Paul Purnell here from the RPG Empire. So I have a couple of quick announcements, really quick, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we absolutely adore you. We think you are amazing, and we really are so thankful that you listen to our podcast and that you're a part of our community. And that said, we want to invite you to our uh, Discord server where you can communicate with us. You can ask questions about the stories. You can submit your own fan art and we can all go like, oh my God, I can't believe they made it look so cool or whatever we say. And then also uh, you can, you know, ask questions about running games and how that all works. So definitely hop on over there and join the community more uh, actively. We would love to have you. Um, also, the best thing you can do to support the RPG Empire, besides sending us fat stacks of cash, which we'll always accept, you know, envelopes, you can just address it right to me, um, <laughs> is uh, if you tell a friend. So 100% the best way for a podcast to grow is for people to hear about it from people they trust like you. So I know you have at least one friend. And tomorrow, I want you to go and tell them about this podcast that you're listening to right now that you love so that we can continue to grow and uh, and just really grow as a community. So that's your mission. Uh, and the final last thing to, to just request and say is if you want to support the RPG Empire with actual dollars, the best way you can do that right now is to buy our book, The Dust World RPG PBTA Quick Start Guide. It's five bucks. It's in our uh, shop on therpgempire.com. It's a super light read. It's 30 pages of fantastic layout, great art, and it teaches you everything you need to know to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game if you've never done that. Uh, maybe not everything you know. It It's brief. It's a quick start guide. But uh, it also comes with the playbooks and all the reference sheets. So we would love for you to do that and then hop in the Discord and tell us what, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We're going to continue to uh, work on that until it's completely done. It should be around 300 pages, include a bunch of awesome manga art because we're really inspired by manga and anime. And uh, that's about it. So uh, those three things, again, were join the Discord to tell a friend, or buy the Dust World book, or do all three. We really appreciate that you listen to the podcast and that you're part of our community, and we can't wait to talk to you more in the Discord. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you get back to the show. Have a good day. Last time on Dust World Neon City. Monday, please. Is this the best you've got? Again, again, try again, my friend. You... I think you've got so much more potential, <laughs> but it just doesn't seem to be coming out for some reason. How about this? Aren't you going to show me what you got? Ah, finally, you've caught what I've been trying to teach you, my friend. Excellent. You grab... Tuck and Clarence and Dr. Miller, like, kind of throw them on your pack and then jump out of the car. And as you do, you, like, find yourself falling and then suddenly you hit something, but there's nothing there. And then you dart again to the, to the left and then to the right and then jump up over a car. And then before you know it, you are all the way uh, smashing through a window into this office building um, right in the middle of a meeting onto their table and they're all like freaking out. What the hell? Oh my God. What's 
God, we should have got those reinforced windows, Ted. I told you, get the reinforced freaking windows. We got hover cars, man. This is crazy. Uh, maintenance? Hello, I'm Paul Purnell, the DM of Dust World Neon City, an actual play podcast where we use a game, Dust World RPG, powered by the apocalypse, to tell an awesome narrative story. Roll the intro. Welcome to Neon City. It's crazy here. I'm telling you what. We got the smogs gonna choke you out. Have our cars flying at 100 miles an hour. We got radioactive light of the spires cooking your brains. We got the cutters, the slices, the mechs. And look at this guy. We got the psychomancer, Clarence Wells. He's a pit fighter amnesiac with the power to crush you with his single thought. We got over here, Dr. Andrew Miller, the philanthropist doctor who's gonna help you out. You just come to his door with your scraped knee, he gets you sorted. But secretly, he's got inside of him a parasite that wants to eat you. And over here, we got his right-hand man, Silent Monday. Dude don't talk, but he's got an LCD suit that pops up his thoughts with emojis and text. And he's got a sword that can cut through just about anything. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, well, then you in the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Dust World Neon City. So you guys are on the table of this meeting. They're freaking out, you know, complaining about not getting the the upgrade on the bulletproof windows. And uh, Clarence just said maintenance. In the distance, you hear the sirens of a half a dozen or more peacekeeper drones heading in this direction. What are you guys doing? I'm going to say, well, everyone's kind of panicking and not paying attention. Well, Paying attention to them, but not fully paying attention. Monday is going to kind of discreetly pop open a comm link in his helmet. Okay. This would be a conversation or like a text message thing. I think in this case, Monday is going to use his text to speech device. Okay. So what are you going to say in your text to speech device? I, uh, I call Hanzo. Okay. I think the call goes through and you're using your text to like text to voice situation. Yeah. yeah so uh, Hanzo answers. Hello, Monday. Hello. This is not a drill. We are in trouble. Meet <laughs> us at the safe house. Area 52. <laughs> ah, crap. Uh, this line is not secure, but I will send you an address. Good luck. And with that, I think Monday's just going to hang up and leave it at that. Yeah, Uh, you do get a text a few moments later, but we'll continue to see what's happening in this room first. Meanwhile, back at the room. I try to dart out of the room and kind of urging everybody to follow me. Like, let's just keep moving. Tuck follows you. Does everyone else follow? Yes, we follow along behind him. Kind of, uh, Doc's got an eye on it over his shoulder. Monday's going to take a take a position at the rear there. Okay, I think Grin spits out a couple Grinlings and like leaves them behind. Thanks, it's a good idea. Yes, I'm full of them. If someone would only listen to me a little more, maybe we wouldn't be in this mess. All right, let's go ahead. Doc says, completely (laughs) ignoring Grin. Uh, Yes, you guys make it to the elevator. As you're walking through all these random offices and stuff, everyone's looking at you very strangely. Uh, But 
I think Monday just kind of like points to his his shirt that says maintenance on it. And they all kind of like <laughs> shake their head like, yes, like they're they are in the know, even though they're actually totally just being spoofed. So we get into the elevator and once the door closes, I wait just a second. A pause happens and then I say, OK, do we have a plan? Monday's going to hold up a finger and then kind of pop up a address that both only uh, Miller and uh, Clarence can see. And then make a walking motion with his fingers. Okay. All right. Okay, so you guys make it down to uh, a walkable level of this building. Because, um, again, it's it's kind of like, you know, Fifth Element or what pops into my head a lot is uh, Batman Beyond. How they have just these massive buildings and all these sort of walkways at different levels. Because people still need to get from you know, building to building. And so you guys come out on one of these levels and you're able to make it to the safe house with pretty little problems because where you were is where the drones were going and they didn't see you there. And you guys, I imagine, are being kind of quick and inconspicuous. Oh, yeah. Do you guys use a a Uber? How are you getting? Are you going to just catch like a their super train or something. Maybe we just hop on the air train or something. Okay. Yeah. So, so you guys get on their, their train. It, it travels in a tube, uh, Elon Musk style. So the thing flies, uh, you get there in no time flat. You make your way. This safe house is in the derelict. It's actually not too far from, um, where patches dream cafe is. Uh, you guys make it into the safe house. It's also kind of a rundown building, but when you get to the right room, there's a, like a hidden door. And when you go through that door inside is actually kind of like a motel room. Almost uh, it has like a computer set up and a TV and a bed. Uh, it, it's pretty Spartan, but it, uh, it has all the amenities that you'd need. And is your life often like this? Miller says, more often than uh, more often than you'd think. People are always trying to kill us for some reason. You know, I don't know what exactly we're doing wrong, but uh, yeah, you know, happens. I could think of a thing or two. Yeah, you did kill someone, but I mean, as usual, no good deed goes unpunished, and we are in trouble for doing the right thing. Now that I have my memories back, I now know that that's really uh, uh, par for course, so... Hmm. Uh, Seems to be... I guess I'm in the right crowd. Monday's going to shoot a kind of sad thumbs up to him. (laughs) Sad face thumbs up? That's a new emoji. Exactly. uh, uh, Monday... El Tigre, whoever you are. Um, uh, thanks for saving us back there. Monday I, will do a much more confident thumbs up this time. I I appreciate it. I'll I'll make it worth your while. Monday will kind of shrug like, eh, I'm not expecting it. So you guys are now in this 
sort of Spartan-esque safe house. Uh, Tuck has made himself comfortable on the bed and is eating bags of chips. Um, I think Grin is has been kind of resting a lot since the operation and everything that was happening, but you do feel yeah. like his strength has returned, Miller. Um, and then Clarence, you haven't really checked yeah. in with Clear much after you were repelled and also saw that crazy vision of from the frozen head. So let me know what your thoughts are there. All right. Um, I go to clear and um, I say, how are you holding up? Oh, this has all been quite uh, exciting. Yes, very exciting. Do you know who that is that's tracking us? No, uh, I did. I have never seen... Um, an elementalist use black sand in that way before. That's it's it's not elementalism. It's it's dust casting. It's more common outside of the city. Oh, I I am not familiar. I have never been outside of the city. Really? So you've never been to Sparse? No, no. I I have spent my whole life in this city. Interesting. Is is that where you're from? Yes. Yes, I am. It's uh, there's not much there, uh, other than sadness and depression. That sounds sad and depressing. But it was my sadness and depression. So, I mean, it was uh, it was interesting. There was a time, <laughs> I, I just remembered this, there was a time where I tried to run away from uh, my uncle, who was not really an uncle, and got chased around by a couple boys, but I thought they were my friends, and I was hanging around with them, and then uh, we got cornered by some of these wolves, and they just used me as bait. I hadn't let them know about my powers, and I was able to calm down the wolves, but uh, it was a really terrible feeling. And I went back to my master for a while. That sounds terrible. I... What I'm saying is, uh, never feel... That's... I'm never going to let that happen to you. Is what I'm trying to get across. Well, thank you. I feel like I have made a friend. That's... That's good. Do you, do you often see a bunch of people who looked like us? Well, I remember when I came out of the factory, uh, there was several others, but uh, we are high-grade product, so I have not seen, you know, oodles of us anywhere or anything like that. And you do remember being clowned? Well, no, not exactly. I remember waking up and getting my orders and joining Tannis Lane's entourage as his psychic. That, uh, that seems fast. Hmm. What do you mean? Well, I mean, just immediately... I was, 
I was more adopted than ordered. I mean, used, admittedly, very much used, but I was adopted. Not to be rude, but we, we aren't really the same, are we, in some ways? N no, I mean, you grew up outside of the city, so you're very different than me. I have always been CL3 and have followed orders and done what I must. It wasn't until I was a part of you that I felt autonomy and like I could make my own decisions. Hmm. And where do you see those decisions leading you, Claire? Well, right now I'm on a strange adventure, hoping to not die along with you, but maybe a new body? I don't, I don't know. Or maybe I just venture out into the Psyscape and discover mysteries unknown to mankind? That sounds interesting. I mean, you are a clone, so putting you in a clone body would not be that problematic. I suppose I could join another of myself, but won't I have the problem of whatever kept me from having free will before? No, because you won't be owned by Dennis Blaine. But I don't think it was just is owning me. I believe it had something to do with my body. Hmm. Your body is different from mine. Definitely. Hmm. I felt it when I stepped into your shoes for a moment back in Kaiser Rex's office. I'm gonna do total recall and then I'll yield the floor, as it were. Okay, so you got a three, and on a miss, uh, you don't want to use a wild card, right? No. Uh, so on a miss for Total Recall, this is a pretty fun one, uh, you remember something you wish you didn't. So I think what happens is you find yourself in a tent. Uh, it's a circus tent. You are there with this boy who you remembered slightly in a previous memory who you would do these word games with and and play with and he looked so much like you and you felt uh you felt connected to him bonded almost and in this memory you two are playing um but you're being watched by uncle manuel and the two of you are being asked to move things around with your mind and do these different tests. And it felt like a game to you. So you just did it. It seemed pretty fun. And what you noticed is that you could control objects and not think about it much, almost like they're running in a background program. And so Excello had this suit of armor and he wanted you guys to pick it up and you were able to pick it up, but also make it move and almost be alive and have it do things. And so it's like walking around, picking things up and you're still doing other things. And this other boy whose name still seems to be slipping away from you, uh, he's trying to do that, but his, 
his powers just don't seem to be either the same or as strong as yours. You're not really sure. But that day you remember ex uh, your uncle giving you a bigger meal. And the next day your brother was gone. Hmm. It's not quite the memory I wanted. I wanted to know if I was a clown. I guess I passed with flying colors. Um, what? Do you mean? Well, you can see my memories. You can see this. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't watching, you know. Oh, that's I, fine. I try Don't to give you some it. privacy. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's the least I could do. I, I lost somebody once. Hmm. Because I was better than them. And I've always, you know, I've always tried to prove that I'm good and better and that I'm very important because I'm afraid I'm next. I'll be sent to the farm upstate as well. Yes, that does sound terrible. I, too, tried to prove myself, but it felt more like a drive I could not escape. Hmm. Interesting. So, Miller and Monday, you guys are sitting at this table and there is the Project Icarus containment unit slowly, quietly beeping in the background. What are you guys talking about? What are you going to do? Before we do a thing with Doc talking to Grin, I'm not sure how much Grin's going to want to talk anyway. Um, Miller is talking to Monday, trying to figure out what their next move is going to be. And Monday is going to have, uh, he knows where the hidden bottles of alcohol are. He's pouring a shout out for uh, Miller as well. Yep, Miller downs it. Monday Pretty downs one right as well. Doc is going to say, uh, as he puts the glass down, Doc says, well, Klontech sure as hell is going to want the head back. I don't know if there's anywhere in the city we can go that'll really be safe. Monday's going to kind of nod at that, and I think that Monday might try and do some research now that they have a police computer to kind of go through for, uh, and see if we can find anything on Clientech while they're talking. Sure. What are you trying to find? Like, what kind of information? Uh, pretty much, if anything, I'm going to assume that since we were the... Uh, uh, Hanzo sent us to look for this. There would be some information on Kleintech involving this case. Um, you do remember originally when uh, when they gave you this case that they didn't have much information other than there was something called Project Icarus um, and that it was being moved through the pit. Right, okay. Well, at least that's what he told you. I suppose you could still try to yeah, maybe something something that Hanzo didn't know or didn't want to tell. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that would be a scrounge roll. So on scrounge, it says when you are in a settlement, which this counts, and you're looking for information or trying to find something special, roll plus instinct. On a hit, you find what you're looking for or near enough. On a seven to nine, it comes at a price. The keeper will tell you what. On a miss, you find yourself in a very tight spot. Brace yourself. So you got a 12. So you find what you're looking for or near enough. 
Um, which you're just trying to find information. Give me, give me a little bit more. What are you trying to find? Uh, maybe kind of why the brass is so interested in this. Uh, Ponzo may not have been the most uh, forthcoming on that. Ooh, I like it. So the brass is controlled by uh, the spires. So you know that the police and the peacekeepers are run by the spire and like the octahedron. The octahedron is sort of a behind the scenes thing, but some people in the know would know that. And I think at this point you've learned some of that. Um, And they don't want to deal with crawlers if they can, which is sort of like derogatory slang for people that are not living in the spire. Okay. And with that information, I think Monday is going to kind of pour through and see if maybe he could come up with a name and address something, some kind of liaison for these octahedrons. So, yeah, as you're digging around and thinking about this, you do remember that you were given some information about a woman named Silva, who is the liaison and intermediary for the octahedron number three. And you think you could probably meet up with them if you wanted to. Um, I think with that, Monday is, well, first he's going to walk up to Clarence and kind of tap the side of his helmet and then lightly, like not actually touching Clarence, but kind of tap his head. He's going to kind of do like a mind thing, like he's indicating that he wishes to speak uh, telekinetically. Ah, are you doing well, Clarence? No, let's not talk about it. Very well, I don't care anyways. Oh, come on, let's, I'm, I'm sorry, all right? Okay, I'm going to get to the point here. Um, I'm going to try, I'm going to let Miller know this as well. I'm going to try and contact Vyze and for the Octahedron. It seems they are the backers of the law of the brass looking into this Icarus. In the meantime, perhaps you might want to try mind reading some more or whatever it is you do and pull up some more information as it won't be in our hands once this liaison goes through. Hello players, it's Paul Purnell, the creative director of the RPG Empire and the keeper of the Dust World podcast. I also play Lucas in Strangers in the Pines. And I'm here to just wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays. I hope you're doing okay. I know the season can be stressful and hard for some people and I get that. You know, and if you're one of those people, our heart goes out to you. Definitely, I find myself in a position of this season being more challenging than it's ever been before. And so I just really care. I care about all of my listeners, all of you guys. You're all awesome and gals. So yeah, I just want to put that out there. We do really care. We hope you're having a great season. And with that said, we are giving away our new Dust World Powered by the Apocalypse quick start guide you can get it on our website therpgempire.com right there on the main page so if you'd like to test out and try playing dust world now is your chance so we'll be giving that away for a while as we build up to the launch of the book it also will come with all the playbooks as well as the reference sheets that you'll need so it's a 30 page book it's pretty digestible pretty big print too 
So if you wanted to give it a go, now is your opportunity. If you try the game, just shoot us a message and let us know what you think. I'd love the feedback. We're still kind of developing the main book and I'm still tweaking the playbooks and stuff just to get them just right. But if you don't know, Dust World is a game about super powered nomads in a sci-fi Western setting over the ruins of an ancient civilization. So it's good stuff. With that said, I hope that you enjoy it and let's get back to the show. Play on. On that note, I look back at Icarus. I take it it's out of its, it's just on the table. No, it's in the containment unit. (laughs) I don't think they just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the containment unit. Yeah, yeah. The containment unit itself has a history. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah, great idea. Well, the containment unit has a history and the head has a history. I am going to look at the containment unit and I think, you know, I remember I used to do something. It's like second nature to me, but something about flinging anvils into wrestlers' heads all day has made me forget it. But I think I can... I think I can pull this off. Clear. I think I can pull this off. And I am going to do psychometry. So the psychometry move reads, whenever you handle an object or look deeper into it, roll plus instinct. Nice. nice. Well, I'm full of instinct. Um, On a 10 plus, the keeper will reveal a useful bit of information about the object and pick one extra. On a 7 to 9, you can feel an emotion from it. On a miss, you take psychic feedback and it activates a slight change in personality for the rest of the scene. Uh, The extras are see where it's been, feel the last big emotion it felt nearby, uh, or see who made it. Or wait. Yeah, see who made it, track who had it last. So let's start with, we'll reveal a useful bit of information about the object. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the useful bit of information that you get when you touch this is you can feel that this object, like this case that it's in, uh, specifically, is old. Like, it's, it's not ancient technology, but it is decades decades older than you the other thing that you get is that this device was originally made by klein tech you can kind of feel that off of it um, even though it's not really uh, marked in any way so those are what you get for free and then you can choose what extra you want okay how about where it's been i'm not sure the rest of this is the most helpful so i might just let that let my sanity stay where it's at. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, so you, like, as you're kind of getting these surface understandings, uh, you start to, like, really focus on this thing. And I think as you do, Clear appears next to you, and he's like, can I lend a hand? Please. And I think with that, he puts his hand on the object, and you find yourself and him falling. And as you are, these images are passing by and they start to congeal into what looks like streams. And then you feel like you're moving 
through it and you start to like as it's happening feel more and more like controlled and centered and the streams start to widen and you start to see pictures as if you're looking from the perspective of this object and as you do you see different scenes unfolding and you see you know where you are now and you quickly move past that and you see you know it in Kaiser Rex's office and you see his couple of goons who were able to steal it away from the night crew you see the night crew uh, who were able to steal it away from yet another uh, group and you see it kind of bouncing back and forth but it doesn't take long maybe just like 10 days ago this thing was in the spire and so you find yourself back in the spire off of a truck kind of going in reverse you know you see the thing being carried back into a, a mansion just this beautiful building with these massive spires on the building itself it looks very like european medieval kind of out of place beautiful and this person this shadowy person uh you don't get a good view of them but you see them kind of moving silently through the halls until they are uh in a hidden room and this hidden room uh they find themselves like a vault a hidden vault opened and in this vault which is kind of cryo freeze vault you see them um taking well like you see it going back on this shelf in this vault uh and as you do like that person leaves and the vault door closes and then the vault door doesn't open much after that as you keep going back but there is a moment when a like tallish slender beautiful black woman with silver hair comes in she's dressed very uh smartly and she walks over and her hand goes on this object and she talks to it gently and uh she just says travis it's been too long i i don't like the path we're on and i hope i hope to see you again soon I kind of jerk out of that, say, do any of you know a Travis? Monday's going to kind of perk up and start using the computer to search for Travis. <laughs> it's a fairly there's, common name. There's 10 million Travises in the city. Well, but anything related to flying tech is what he's looking for. Yeah, nothing, nothing pops up. Um, Monday's going to shrug back at uh, Clarence in that case. I mean, lots of stuff pops up, but just nothing. You you don't see like anything useful from a barrage of data that you get. Like your search parameters are too wide still. He would be fairly famous, I think. I get the sense that he was in charge of something. And also, this seems like a fairly expensive procedure I I don't think they just give this out willy nilly wait what procedure are you talking about this seems uh, like 
cryogenesis. This wasn't... People know who this is. This isn't just some random Bonnie in a vault. This is somebody who's been preserved. I think. And you're thinking this head is named Travis? Yes, I know it's named Travis. So, Doc rolled an 11, so that's a success. Nice. Hold three. We'll go ahead and say, uh, I'll do take no harm. Yep. We'll do learn one thing you're missing and um, remember something useful for now. Okay. So, upon hearing the name Travis, you find yourself whipped back into the parlor. This is the space where you see a faceless Victorian man, uh, well, like man in a Victorian garb, and you know immediately you get this sense that that's Grin. Um, Clarence, because you and Silent Monday have a mental network with Miller, I would allow you guys to appear in the parlor as well as sort of like an overflow of feedback from what's about to happen if you want. All right. Do you want that Miller or do you want it to stay more personal? No, I think we should, everyone should know about that. Okay. So you guys all find yourselves standing in a Victorian parlor, a library. There are these two beautiful seating chairs uh, with high backs covered in fabric there are a couple massive windows and in front of the seating chair a fireplace the walls are lined with books more books than you've probably ever seen or could imagine the ceiling is like 25 or 30 feet tall and there's a mezzanine that wraps around the top of it and there are these super tall ladders that can be slid back and forth there is an exit uh directly behind Like if you're looking towards the fireplace behind you, if you turn around away from the fireplace, there is a door. It is uh, a bit bigger than a normal door and arched at the top and it's made of wood. And in front of you, you see Miller standing and there's also a man dressed in very fine uh, Victorian garments. He's wearing a suit with a vest. He has a walking stick in his hand and he has no face. Uh, You can't like not his face is removed, like as far as like smooth, sort of the way that we visualized Monday. But literally, like when you look in his direction, it's it's kind of like somebody has uh, edited his face out, you know, like it's been censored. Yeah, he's been censored. Does he see us? Uh, Yeah, I think. He sees you guys and he kind of looks in your direction. He's like, oh, it's you. I suppose all of you can just barge in here now. That's great. Just great. Yep. Yep. So do you know to Travis? Uh, Ah, yes, I heard Travis. Remember, I believe you also saw it. Miller, the the pub. Um, it's it's still fuzzy, but that man, that face that we saw, that matches this face. His name also was Travis. Um, Travis. Uh, 
Travis Vermillion. And you know him. You you knew him in your old life. Yes, it seems it seems so. So he's old, as old as you. Yes, which, if the decorations and accoutrement of this psychic way station has anything to do with my age, I would say I'm probably from the Victorian era, England, it looks like. And I think even looking out the windows, you see horses and carriages going by. Like, it seems like you're in, you know, like Victorian England. I'm going to uh, say, I'm not really an expert on history, but I've been in ruins before. They were more advanced than this. This is from well before whatever created all the dust, isn't it? Oh, yes. Um, I don't see it clearly, but it, it was ages between when I lived as a man and, and what happened to the world. So is this Travis? He well predates the dust apocalypse? He does. He does, as did I. I remember mm-hmm. sleeping for a long time in, in the ice. And then that's when Frederick found me. What can you tell us about who Travis was or is, I guess? Um, okay, and so the questions you chose were something useful for now and... Mm-hmm something you're missing yeah okay um and you want these to these questions both to pertain to grin correct well i I want him to answer our questions about travis yeah um so as grin is thinking about it you can see that there's like like a discomfort in his body language uh whatever has happened to his mind over the centuries Like, this feels very unfamiliar to him, you can tell. And he's, like, trying to get in there, like, think about it. Um, I think as he does that, like, you see sort of like an aha moment. And he walks over to the bookshelves and he starts pulling off books. And he just takes, like, handfuls of them and puts them upon a table and starts opening and looking through the books. And he's like, oh, I, this is God, I'm I'm brilliant. Okay, so I can't remember anything beyond the couple of memories that came up the last time we interfaced with this um whatever it is head, but any points around to all the books. These are my memories. This this is my mind. And he slides a book across the table to you, uh, Miller. And I think when everyone else looks at the books, they're actually blank. But Miller, when you pick it up and you look at it, you immediately see almost like a novelization of his life. And the page that he's turned to, you can see him talking with this person. 
and uh, Travis Vermillion. And it seems what you're able to take away is that this person worked in some kind of lab with Grin. Um, Side note, have we introduced his name? I think we did, right? So you can see Grin's former self, Carmichael, and this man worked together. And in fact, uh, Carmichael was a professor at Cambridge in, in London, England. And this person was a student and worked into uh, becoming sort of like a scientist and worked with him. And he's like, I was, I was a professor. I like that better. Why don't you call me Professor Grin? <laughs> Absolutely not. Nope. Whatever. Not happening. Great, great. I, I, I'm so glad you're all here. This has been nothing but teeth and smiles and, and stuff. Should we also call you Grin the Most Humble? <laughs> Grin the Wisest. That's better. Yes, perfect. So, I'm, I don't understand. How did this guy uh, survive to be able to be cryogenically frozen? Uh, it doesn't make sense to me, because that technology surely wasn't around back in the Victorian era. He looks you straight in the eye with his no face and he says kind of amusingly Miller you have to be more clever than that obviously whatever happened to me must have happened to him as well he's a parasite he's an immortal just like me shit So that's it for this episode of Dust World Neon City. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out our mailing list and our website, therpgempire.com, where you can connect with us, get merch, and even download games. Talk to you soon. Remember, play on.